Welcome to Gaia's Consciousness Podcast, expanding your mind and spirit. Learn even more at Gaia.com. Watch interviews, movies, and original series created to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Your journey begins here. The harmonic egg could not have been brought forward by anyone more appropriate than Gail Lynn. Having worked for more than a decade with another lightbox technology while observing what works, her new technology represents everything she's learned through the years. There is a word for the wise, however. We should not be using these technologies, the vibrational and energy healing systems, indiscriminately. And we will explain that in the second half of the conversation. Welcome, Gail. Hi. Thanks for <laughs> having me. This is fun. I mean, I have to say I'm personally excited about this because as it, as it turns out, years ago when I interviewed the person you were the protege of with the other lightbox technology, a woman in my little hometown watched that interview and got this message pouring through her, I need to do this one day, I'm going to open a center. Our town has 2,000 people in it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the day has arrived. She has one of those because she opened her center a little while ago, and now she has the harmonic egg, too. So I, I feel so lucky that I can go in and bathe in these frequencies whenever I want. It's five minutes from my house. Well, seven, technically, yeah. So this is great. Anyway, how many are there right now out and about? I mean, because this is still pretty new. You're Eleven centers now. Eleven. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. So people, if they're interested after hearing this, they can probably find one. In the general region. Right. Yeah. They're all <laughs> not in the their US. hometown. They're not, um, I, I am lucky. Um, <laughs> so, first of all, I wanted to um, have you introduce yourself to this audience by speaking of how you originally became what is now compulsively, compulsively obsessed with light and sound healing technologies. Absolutely. Um, so, I'm an engineer from Detroit. And so I grew up in the automotive industry, blue collar family, um, kind of the good old boys network. And so I worked in automotive in the 80s. And so it was 20% women and mostly men. And I just knew it wasn't life changing. It wasn't going to change the world. And I had an itch to get out. And um, I met a gentleman in Texas and moved to Texas in 1997-ish. And it was life changing because he was a shaman and I didn't even know what that meant at the time coming from Detroit. So I moved out to Texas, got into the telecom industry and uh, grew an international telecom consulting firm. Married, divorced, we were better business partners than we were life partners. Right. And then got into Hollywood. So it's taken me all these different courses to get to where I am today. So I get out into Hollywood where I, um, I met a gentleman who happened to be Elvis Presley's stepbrother. And um, he and I made a movie together in Hollywood called Protecting the King. And so I learned stuff in automotive, I learned stuff in telecom, and I learned stuff in Hollywood. But all that took me into a very high stress place. And at age 37, the doctor said, you're on the verge of an instant heart attack. You have the heart of an 80-year-old. Uh -huh. And I said, well, I guess I got to make some life changes because I, I want to be around. I, you know, I want to live. And so um, met a gentleman that owned a light box technology in Arizona, flew out to Arizona. And in a weekend, the severe cardiovascular stress was gone. 
What do you mean it was gone? You mean you didn't feel it or it was verifiably It was also. verifiable with heart rate variability that I was in yeah. severe cardiovascular stress. And, and you went and you were tested after all this? I was tested after on heart rate gone. variability. It was completely normal. So the nervous system has two sides, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. And you were like stuck with the, metal to the, the pedal to the metal and sympathetic. Yeah. Fight or flight, probably almost close to freeze. So now this has to be implicated in a, a lot of heart disease. Mm -hmm is severe stress like that. Absolutely. Where people can't nudge themselves out of the sympathetic side of the autonomic mm -hmm. uh, system, nervous right, system. Right, It's really hard, yeah. especially when people feel like they were born in fight or flight. Right. So I remember the first time I realized that I had a parasympathetic nervous system. I was speeding down 36 over here in Boulder. I saw a cop and I felt this warm sensation come up all the way into my neck. And I thought, what is that? And then I didn't get pulled over, thank God, and it went back down. And it was probably after about 20 sessions in the light and sound chamber, and I realized, wow, I have a parasympathetic nervous system, and I just went into fight or flight. Interesting. And I had always just lived there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know. I understand. I, I have a healing practitioner I go to who's just a very sophisticated, does a sophisticated uh um, level of kinesiology combined with chiropractic. He, and um, when I get stuck and sympathetic, my, it will not go back. Right. I can't get it bounced back out unless I do something, you know, like light or sound therapy, which most of the time I'm not thinking to do. Yeah. Because there isn't anything around really to do. Well, and the other thing is deep breathing. If mm -hmm. we do that deep Absolutely. breathing, it always will help to reset the autonomic nervous system, which is the flight, fight or flight and, and the rest and digest. Breathing very shallowly. Especially most women. Most of the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how did you even find out about this? It's pretty esoteric. Right. Okay. So I was at a conference in LA and it was for C-level executives only. So I was a chief operations officer for the production company in Hollywood. And so got invited to the event. And um, I remember seeing the gentleman on stage and he was talking about all of these cases that were, to me, amazing. And how could sound and light do that? And as an engineer, I thought, there's no way. My brain couldn't figure out how that could possibly work. You lie inside of a sound and light chamber and Things all this happen, stuff happens. Right? <laughs> um, now, knowing what I know now, it's pretty common sense. Yes. So um, I bullied my way up to the front of the stage after his talk. And I said, oh, my gosh, I've had 23 years of migraine headaches. Can this help? And he said, the body doesn't know disease by name. And I thought, yes or no, dude? What is the answer, right? <laughs> right. Now, knowing what I know, you can't make claims. You can't say yes or no. Or you don't right. want to say no, but when it's a yes, but you can't make claims because of the FDA. The FDA, absolutely. So I thought, what a stupid answer. <laughs> right. So, so I left there kind of disappointed, and it was probably six years later that I actually went to Arizona. Oh, really? Yeah, it was still in my head. And every time it kept popping up, go to the light box, go to the light box. And I thought, that's crazy, I can't do anything. And then I finally went. And? And it was amazing. And you said after a weekend? After a weekend, I was out of the severe cardiovascular stress, verifiable with heart rate variability. Um, I didn't notice anything else, and I actually came home and told my friends it didn't do anything, because mm -hmm. it just didn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote up a funny little explanation to all my friends, which I have on my website, of how I described this crazy light box. 
And then I realized two months later, I didn't have asthma anymore. And I was born with asthma. Okay. So I'm riding my bike up a hill, get it to the top of the hill. And I said, where's my asthma? And I thought it couldn't be that silly light box because that didn't do anything. Yeah. And then um, I went to the eye doctor and I was wearing my glasses and I thought I need a higher prescription because I've been wearing glasses since I was 19. I went to the doctor and he said, why are you wearing glasses? I said, because I've been wearing them since I was 19. He said, your vision is 2020. Well, I thought the blurriness meant I needed a stronger prescription, <laughs> which I really didn't need them. And then he had the audacity to tell me, well, you know, as we get older, you know, our eyesight gets worse. And I said, Are, have you been in the same room with me? Because my eyesight's better. Mm-hmm. And so I left there just kind of chuckling and threw the glasses away. Okay. And I thought, couldn't be that silly light box. No, how many, by this time, how many sessions had you done? I had only done three, four sessions in three days. That was, that was it. All these things happened after yes. that. Okay, then you, I heard you say a little bit ago, then you ended up doing like 20 sessions. So, yes. Okay, so obviously you escalated your engagement with the right. technology. What happened? So it was about a year later, mm-hmm. and I little knocking on my head was saying, go to the light box again, go to the light box again. And I just felt stuck, you know. And every time I felt stuck thereafter, I would go to the light box and feel like that everything was moving again. Things were flowing again. So a year later, went back, and I did another weekend of sessions. And then another year later, I went back, and I said, well, crap, I, I really need to just do this. My migraines had gotten less intense. They had got less, they were less often. And, um, and then they were almost nothing. Um, mm-hmm. They were 15-hour migraines, throwing up, you know, both ends coming out, both ends um, couldn't talk. I would look at a word and couldn't even make it out. I would look at the and it wouldn't look like the. I couldn't text. I couldn't talk. And it was horrible. So it was such a godsend that these migraines were gone. And the last part of the migraines after the 20th session was just optical. So I would lose my vision, but wouldn't get any pain. Mm. It was amazing. Are they gone now? I haven't had one for probably eight years. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So the story continues because you decided if it can do this. Right. And we're going to get it. I, I have to say, now this is the woo-woo part of our right, conversation. Right, You're right. not the woo-woo. I'm the, a woo-woo part of this conversation. <laughs> so many years ago, um, I used to undergo past life regressions fairly frequently because the guy was trying to find out about the past and about himself mostly. And so I was just one of the two or three people he used to get glimpses into the past. And when our information correlated, we knew we really had a hit. And a lot of times it correlated the other people and my information from the ancient past. And one of the things um, for me is in this lifetime, um, I became obsessed with color therapy in my uh, mid-30s to the point where I, I, that's all I wanted to read about. I bought lights and color gels, and I was teaching classes on color therapy. And I would do group experiments with color therapy, like um, have everyone blindfold themselves, and I'd turn lights on and say, start talking about how you feel, and see if they're, they were reflecting the, the effect of that particular right. frequency band of color. And I mean, just all, even speaking to, like, I spoke to a rotary group of old men. <laughs> Everyone, I couldn't, I couldn't say enough about color therapy. Yeah. And um, as I was being regressed around the same period of time, I saw that in other lifetimes I had been a color healer, and I saw the ways in which 
we used color in very ancient Atlantean times, mm -hmm. which was really just very organic and stunning and beautiful. But we were healers as well. So we were working with our own energies through these beautiful, in one case, we'd lay naturally dyed, bright variety of colors, silk cloths over a person's body and then have the sun shine through the silk into their body. And so that was the way it was used in that particular lifetime. So I have a very strong affinity with what you're doing, which is why I'm so excited yeah. about it being in my little town in the Sierra foothills of California. I'm so right? excited. Well, I know so. we're getting off a little bit track, but um, no. Norm Sheely did a past life yeah. regression for yeah. me. And uh, I remember the shamans came into my center and they said, Gail, you're going to create your own technology. I said, no, I'm not. I'll just run a center with this light box yeah. and it'll be fine. And they said, no, you need to get this uh, past life regression, past life reading, and find out why this is coming through, why you're so excited about it. So I called Norm Sheely and I said, who's the best past life regressor that I can go to in the area? He mentioned a guy in California, but he said he was second best. I said, that's okay, I'll take second best. Yeah. And um, I just said, I have to know why who obsessed. I am. Yeah. Well, who, where, why is this? I yeah. don't need to know that I was a dancer in China. Yeah. I don't need to know all that. I need to know why I'm here. So we sat down together and it was so funny. He was so frustrated with me because I kept saying, am I making this up? Am I making this up? And he said, just, that's what everyone says. I think he wanted to say, shut up. Yeah, that's what they, <laughs> everyone says that when they do their first regressions. It was crazy. Yeah. So he actually identified a life in Egypt mm -hmm. where I had my own sound and light, mm -hmm. yeah, probably so mostly sound mm -hmm. chamber. Yep. And I feel like it was just sunlight that came across and would illuminate into a hole somewhere into the chamber. That's what we did in the other times. It's crazy. There was a large aperture in the top of the ceiling of the okay. healing chambers. And when the light was really intense at yes. that part of the day, it would shine through the aperture down to the platform they were lying on. Crazy. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know where the images were coming from, but it felt like noon was the right time. That's to right. Be That's in. when it was done. And I had no idea. So yeah. then he said, well, the um, person that was your mentor was your son in another lifetime. And I started bawling. Oh. And he said, finally, we have some emotion from you. Yeah. <laughs> so I thanked him and I left. And yeah, So you're here because you're back. Yeah. You know, this is back to the future, literally right, right, back right. to the future, this technology. And also the beings that... Um, intuitive beings that I've associated that I'm associated with and have been yeah. forever and consciously for the last 30 years here one thing I remember them telling to me those years ago I said what are what does the future of healing look like on this planet right. within my lifetime and they said within your lifetime is going to be the resurgence of and at a very sophisticated level of um, sound healing again is going right. to come back and this was when I was involved with color at the time, too. Right, right, right. Color and light. And they said, this is going to be accepted as a healing modality within my lifetime. Yeah. And it's here. Yeah. People want this. People are calling me all the time asking where they can find this. And I felt like when I was bringing this through, because it does not feel like my technology. It feels like something I'm bringing through. And I was watching a video from a medical doctor talking about how he... Uh, decided to purchase an harmonic egg mm -hmm. in California. And I was like, wow, that looks really cool. Oh, that's mine. <laughs> this is really weird energy. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, okay, it has to be this. It has to be that. It has to have sacred geometry. It has to be wood for the acoustics. It has to be enclosed. It has to have a certain type of light system. 
it has to have musicians that have a high vibration and a high consciousness that's coming through their music. Mm -hmm. And my manufacturers asked me one time, they said, well, can't we just do this, this, and this? I said, no. And they said, why not? I said, I don't know. We just can't. Mm -hmm. And now things have been revealed. Um, Susie Miller came to the center. Oh, yes. We, and, have, she, uh, we, we, have, we have her in our archives. Here, absolutely. She's amazing. She deals with autistic children. Yes. And so she said that the autistic uh, collective consciousness had informed her that there would be a pod that would come to the planet. Interesting. And this pod would be um, for the autistic to lower their consciousness, us to kind of raise our consciousness and meet in the middle. And we FaceTimed, it was a really strange introduction from a lady named Sandy. And I thought, why is she hooking me up with this lady? I don't know who this is. And then by the end of the call, we were both crying. Within three yeah. days, she was standing in front of me in my center from California, yes. flew to Denver, and she said, this is the pod. And have you dealt with autism in the yes. pod much? And yes. what does it do? So I find that they are they need to trust the practitioner. It's very important. I spend a lot of time with them and talking to them or somewhat communicating with them with my energy and getting their trust before I would put them into the pod. But they seem to gravitate towards it. One little boy ran into the room. He was just so fast at four years old. We didn't even catch him. He opened the door, ran into the room to go into the session and someone was in there. Oh. Like, yeah. <laughs> oops. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, but the mom said he was had more social skills, he had more eye contact. And I noticed at the end of three sessions, he looked up at me like to pick him up. And I looked down thinking, this is not normal. He should not want me to pick him up. And uh, so I picked him up and then immediately wanted to be put down. But mm -hmm. it was huge, mm -hmm. just huge. Yeah. And Susie was telling me that, she said, do you have the turquoise color? And I said, yes. And she said, do you have an amber color in the egg? And I said, yes. And she said, yeah, this is the pod. Interesting. And I was, I was just stunned. Well, and it's a, such an interesting web through the years because Sandy, who introduced you, is a friend of mine. Right, right. Who I've known for years, and she and I, she also has her own podcast and works with OM Times. Right. Right? And so Sandy and I are have become personal friends over the years, but we share information with each other when we each encounter interesting new people in our fields. And so the web is growing to an, a ridiculous extent of how many people know Sandy, right. or me, or you, or whomever know. Right. So this is all done through a kind of com a network or a community of consciousness. Right. Yeah, it's it is crazy. So I'll see my phone light up, and it's Susie Miller, Lee Harris has been to the Lee, center, right? Yep. So, and yep. he absolutely loved yes. it when he came out of the egg. I said, "Well, how was it?" And he was just winking at me, putting a thumbs up, but couldn't talk. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, "There will be words, but mm -hmm. not now." Right. Some people had been through the experience and talked about it afterward. This is about three minutes long or so. People come from all over the world to experience this technology when they don't have any hope and they want to have faith that their body can heal itself naturally. The Harmonic Egg uses frequencies, vibrations, sound waves, and light waves to bring the body into homeostasis. I was diagnosed with uh, endometrial cancer in 2016 and I went through surgery chemo and radiation therapy. At the end of that, my body was very traumatized 
and I was looking for alternative methods to start my healing process. And I found Gail Lynn. Here I am a year later. I feel very comfortable, healed. Um, I've got a renewed sense of life, which uh, was hard uh, as going through the uh, cancer process. So I'm very happy that I came here. Many of the clients come here because they're energetically depleted. It's a huge problem in the world today with all the stress and everything that we're taxed with. And so I love it when people can come here and leave here with more energy and a clearer aura and a clearer mind. I suffered from two neck fractures in under a year and it was really hard. I was in chronic pain for almost three years um, and I had a ton of health issues because of that because I was in constant fight or flight. And after my first session, I did the anti-inflammation one. My spine was more erect than it had been in three years. It was absolutely incredible. This device helps people to awaken to their own healing potential. One of the most common things I see is chronic fatigue. I found myself in a situation where I had been depleted by my life, by family situations I could not solve. I found myself completely fatigued all of the time and not feeling particularly hopeful that I would be able to solve that problem. So I tried acupuncture, chiropractic, massage, essential oils, many things. And each of them helped a little bit for a little while, but none of them provided me a real solution. And so I went questing. I found the harmonic egg. I knew immediately it would be helpful to me. And after I had my first session, what I noticed was a deep and sustained calm that I don't know that I had ever felt in my entire life. I'm experiencing improvements in my mind, my mood, uh, my energy level is very high now. I am back to normal. I would definitely say this is a technology for healing your mind, body, and spirit. Well, wow. well then. And yeah, yeah, I mean, it is a beautiful experience. But um, so we're listening, we're chatting, we're doing anecdotal stuff. But this just came a couple of days ago. And I want, let me swipe this. I, sure. My cell phone. Okay. Um, this came in. Zeus found it. My husband Zeus found it when he was um, uh, looking at some other material. And this popped up. It says, scientists clear Alzheimer's plaque from mice using only light and sound. So here it says, clumps of harmful proteins that interfere with brain functions have been partially cleared in mice using nothing but light and sound. Um, research led by MIT has found strobe lights and a low-pitched buzz can be used to create brain waves lost in the disease, and uh, which in turn remove plaque and improve cognitive function in mice engineered to display Alzheimer's-like behavior. You know, when I read this, I have a very dear friend who has this who has a tau protein buildup in her brain, and her life is slipping away. She was like superwoman two years ago. It's moving so fast, it's destroying all her functions and becoming Parkinson's-like symptoms. Mm -hmm. And now she can barely talk, she can barely use her hands, she can barely read. Wow. Um, her life's slipping away because of this. And I immediately, I haven't called her yet to tell her about this study to see about this, because this is, an, this is a new area, and MIT mm -hmm. isn't a... You know, it's not a new age facility, that's for sure. So, <laughs> what, is, what is it about light and sound specifically mm -hmm. that work in this way? I mean, there's so many frequency, right. there are Rife machines, there's so many frequency-based uh, technologies, all of which offer some hope and that are good. But what is it about light and sound in particular? So I believe that we're sound and light beings, 
by nature. Mm -hmm. So that's why I feel like why not heal with sound and light? Yeah, we're all the frequencies. Sunlight, we're all frequencies, mm -hmm. we're all energy. And we're putting this frequent, these frequencies into our energetic body. And it's really just, I've, I've found that piano music in the harmonic egg is working to help with the nervous system. And resetting the autonomic nervous system with piano. And I feel like with drumming, there's such a vibration, a vibrational massage for the body that mm -hmm. it can um, break up maybe clogged arteries, maybe the calcification. Mm -hmm. I've had people use their pendulum and tell me that the pineal gland was less calcified after sessions just with the vibrations. You really Makes are sense. getting a, a deep tissue massage. Right. And so then I believe that the cells, our cells, when they're healthy, when the body's in balance, it can, it can heal naturally. Mm -hmm. Our bodies know what to do, but a lot of times they can't. They get out of stuck get patterns. Out, right, get out of sync. Yeah, let's talk about that. You already brought up piano and mm -hmm. the nervous system. And I'm going to toss a few things at you um, in terms of common conditions and maybe give us a little cheat sheet on okay. what kind of instruments work well for that in general. Because there's also that wonderful uh, clinical study on women, breast cancer, and violence. Let's right. start there. Right. There was a woman that had come into my center with uh, cancer. It was right after she had root canals on her stomach and ovarian um, teeth meridians. So mm -hmm. each of the teeth have meridian yes. lines that they run on. And she said, Gail, you have to educate your clients. You have to tell them that this is dangerous and this, these root canals has resulted in me getting ovarian and stomach cancer. And I thought, well, that's quite interesting, but I didn't know if I really believed it. And um, she had some tumors that had been, you know, created in her body. And we worked on her for probably maybe eight sessions. And the tumors were still there, but she was feeling great. And so the next time she came in, I thought, why don't I just put her on some music that I've never used before? And all of a sudden the tumors were shrinking. And so I went back and I listened to the music and I realized violin was in that music. And I thought, well, that's odd um, because it wasn't in any of the other music. And now we're seeing some change in the tumors. So I'm a researcher. I went and, and Googled violin healing music, all kinds of stuff comes up. But I happened to see an article, women were listening to 40 hours of violin music and the tumors were shrinking. So what's yeah. that about? Yeah. I was fascinated. So that's, that is fascinating. That launched my journey yeah. of the last probably nine years now. And the Harmonic Egg training manual and everything, it, she launched the journey. I'm eternally grateful to her for that one day that she yeah, walked into the center. That's wonderful. Yeah. And by the way, for any of our other viewers um, who are interested in that topic about the effect of dental work and root canals and their association with the, the energy meridians in the body, I did an interview with a woman named Allison Adams, and it's either in the CMN or Healing Matrix archive here on Gaia. I just want to let you know that. Um, so you can look, go down that rabbit hole a little further, too. Okay, so here we go. Parkinson's disease, which, again, mm -hmm. that is similar. Right. I mean, it, part of that has to do with the protein buildup in the brain I've, and other things. Absolutely. And so drumming seems to work really well with Parkinson's. So drumming music, I feel like a lot of the Parkinson's is heavy metals. So uh -huh. we found that heavy metals, um, Parkinson's disease. And it's neurological. So I had a gentleman come in one time 
with a cobalt and chromium hip. And I, I send him to his doctor because I work with a ton of doctors. I sent him to his doctor to get a heavy metal test. The heavy metal test came back not really that bad. But after every session, he would smell like heavy metals. The whole room would smell like heavy metals. I mm. knew. I knew he had heavy metals. Well, come to find out, this heavy metal test tested for about 20 different heavy metals, but not cobalt or chromium. Oh, there you go. So we yeah. went down this rabbit hole for a while. We came back to it. He was very high in cobalt. Mm -hmm. And we looked up cobalt symptoms, high cobalt symptoms, and it was all neurological, all Parkinson's symptoms. Oh, interesting. So, so, so drumming. Drumming. So what happened with him? Um, so he is actually stable now. Yeah. When he doesn't come for a while, he gets worse because that cobalt chromium hip is still in his body, off-gassing all the time. Right. So he has to really make a concerted effort to stay detoxed from the heavy metals. Right, right. Um, also PTSD, right? Mm -hmm. So water sounds. Yeah. Water sounds are so amazing for PTSD. And we call it PTS because it's not a disorder. Yeah, It's post-traumatic yeah, stress, stress that we know we can get rid mm -hmm. of. And so my sister was just in town working on her PTS mm -hmm. from having worked at Homeland Security and a lot of um, harassment there. And uh, at the night that she had her first session, a lot of nightmares um, about the job. And I said, this is going to come up. It's going to release it out of your cell memory and come up. So I used water sounds with her. And I have an, another um, a talk that I did to the fire department. And a, one of the firefighters came up to me afterwards, and he said, that is so interesting to hear that water sounds help PTSD. Because my father was in World War II, I think he said. And he said, after I got a fountain put in my backyard, he was over often. And he just loved to sit by the fountain. Oh, so there was it was. Cool. He knew naturally yeah. what was good for him. And what about um, depression? I like to use harp music in the egg for depression. Mm -hmm. And there's certain there's specific light colors also um, for depression. And so I really like for depression to use harp music. What uh, colors do you use for depression? I like, well, you don't want to use blues. No. Because it'll make, make you more, more depressed. Blue. Right, so oranges and yellows and bright colors mm -hmm. and greens, yeah. And like a fuchsia pink yeah. and all. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I've interviewed Stephen Ross yes. a few times, you know, between my side and between Gaia. And I just, I adore his work. Well, he has one of the original Dinshaw machines, original nice. color healing, and he understands it like us. Yeah. In fact, when I was obsessed with color reading those books, he was at the same time. Okay. We were on the same hunt for the same books and the same interviews with people 30-some years ago on color. And uh, he has a system for kind of a low-tech version where you can use a just a light, like a theater light right. on a, a tripod, and put the gels in. And you can do a little color therapy on yourself at home. Yes. So that takes care of the color part for someone who can't get to a center. You can still kind of... In, Play a little harp and for yourself, and lie under a you know fuchsia light or Absolutely. something to bring your spirits up, and that works too. You can get I, those lamps that will um, you can bend the yes. arm, yeah, you and can, and just lay under it and, and listen to some music. Exactly. Yeah. So that's important to know that we have we don't. If someone can't make it to one of the centers, no problem. Just start right. rigging up what you can on your own. Don't not take advantage of sound and light just because you can't get to some high end technology. Gaia.com lets you explore over 8,000 films, documentaries, and original series. There's so much going on in the unseen world. Hidden truth, 
Why in the media today? They still seem to hold back on these incredible stories. Behind an unknown universe. Where science and spirituality all come together. Gaia.com. Content you can't find anywhere else. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Okay, let's go to cancer. We just talked about it. We know for one. So can I just violin. can I say mm-hmm. that Steve came to the Sedona Center when I was training the Sedona Center? He, I, I just, I just yes. talked to him a couple of days ago. We hadn't talked about that, really. Yes, he did. I love it. And he's he doesn't really have any illnesses. No, so he's very healthy. He just walked in the room and was like, "Wow!" Did he love it? <laughs> so yeah, it was great. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah. We're doing uh, some events together too, just talking about. Um, the history of sound and uh, of, of color healing in particular. Right. Because it's time, I think, like you and like he, it's time to bring these very organic, natural, non-invasive, beautiful technologies back to start combating chronic disease because mm-hmm. medicine is failing. Right, right. So period. Okay, autoimmune problems. So um, do you want to go back to the cancer? Yeah, well, yeah. Is there something besides the violins you find that works? So um, piano, because I actually thought that cancer, for a long time I thought cancer was a viral load. So the cancer cells eat, you know, them, they eat each other, they eat, and then they defecate, mm-hmm. and then they eat that, and then eventually I thought maybe that was what was turning to cancer. I had a doctor come in from San Antonio, and she said, um, Gail, really, you're not going deep enough. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, if you go deeper, why didn't the body fight off that cancer? I said, well, I don't know. She said, at the root, 28 years she's been working with um, cancer people. She said, it's heavy metals at the root. Mm. And then I started thinking about it, and I thought, candida binds to heavy metals. And so a fungus in the body, and the body can't get rid of the fungus because it has heavy metals, so they're binding together. It's almost, you, it has to be a two-fold process. So Yikes. I do antiviral protocols, and, and there are frequencies for making viruses very uncomfortable. So we'll treat chronic Lyme or with wow. the frequencies. Yeah. And because you're inside of a whole body healing system, the Lyme doesn't have anywhere to move. Mm-hmm. Microcurrent, people have used microcurrent on their wrist because their wrist hurts. It moves to the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Put it on their shoulder, it moves to the knees. Mm-hmm. So when we put them in the harmonic egg, uh, it's working on all the body systems inside of a resonant chamber. Mm-hmm. The Lyme gets very upset. And people will sometimes have more symptoms because the Lyme is fighting for its life. Right. So we'll do heavy metals and antiviral protocols for cancer in, you know, we don't put that out there. I don't mark it. I don't make any claims. I just help the people and educate the people as they come in and they find us. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. Well, what you're triggering in my thought is this. Um, Dr. Klinghart um, talks about the effects of heavy metals on the body and on the autoimmune system. Um, he said that his American, he's from Germany, that his American clients have something like a hundred times the level of aluminum yes. in their bodies that his clients in Europe have. And I started thinking about that um, because, again, if you start looking to other topics such as chemtrails, which mm-hmm. I recently did a story that expanded it out when we learned that they changed the commercial jet fuel um, composition so that it has essentially the same ingredients as what chemtrails have, the military version, 
and we've got hundreds of thousands of flights crisscrossing our skies. Yeah. And so that fallout from the aluminum and all the fuel, not just mm-hmm. chemtrails, mm-hmm. contrails, what are called contrails right. from normal aircraft, right. contain all the same stuff. Yep. And the primary constituent that is found, being found in toxic levels in our bodies is aluminum. Mm-hmm. Right, and you got strontium, barium, and other things too. But right. aluminum's devastating to the nervous system, yes. to the brain. Right? Yeah. And then when we and, get stressed out and angry, yeah. those metals heat up in our brain. Yeah. And then they start killing off the brain cells. Yeah. So, so really, it's turning out that heavy metal toxicity is one of your kind of. Uh, culprits that's linking a lot of these chronic diseases together. Right. And so I just brought that up because we're all exposed to so much of it now. Um, So it's in the crops. Yeah. You can eat organically, but I bet you if you were to have labs done on a lot of even organic crops grown, if they're grown under the open skies, not in a hothouse, Mm -hmm. they're going to have some kind of metals buildup in them because of what's being dumped from the sky every day. Well, and someone brought to my attention that all the lights in Las Vegas have created a heavy metal mercury toxicity in a very large radius of, for the people. And it makes sense, but I didn't think about it. Interesting. Okay, well, I just want to bring that up because I think this is really important. Right, right. Okay, and so that's drumming to break up the heavy Mm -hmm. metals. Mm -hmm. And so I created some pieces of music with a musician because I wanted to have some intellectual property for the harmonic egg. Mm -hmm. And I asked these musicians, I said, I really feel like disease can be narrowed down to five things. Heavy metals, stress, fatty liver, an autoimmune or immunity issue, Mm -hmm. and um, inflammation. Mm -hmm. So we created pieces for each of those um, with the instruments and uh, color intentions. And we we worked with a... um, a Chinese medicine doctor to tell us which, like the guitar is a wood element, didgeridoo is an earth element, and we have medical notes for it. So it was a really fun project. So is that just part of like a, an autoimmune suite of music, or what would it be Could under be, each di- yeah, different each, condition? Each different condition. So there's six tracks, and the last one we did was Kid Sanctuary because it came through for um, working with autism and then dogs. Yes. Because dogs have such a sensitive little soul that you don't want to play drumming and piano and flute and trumpet and everything for them. So this one is just flute and water and birds. Oh, 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 that sounds beautiful. I want to try that one. Okay. Now, um, heart heart conditions. So heart conditions are interesting. It depends. They could be emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, so my boyfriend had, and who knows if um, how the story goes, but he had a heart attack after he lost his wife about 13 years ago, the love of his life, and they said 40% of his heart died. Mm-hmm. And so he's been doing sessions. Mm-hmm. We've been together about five years, and he's been doing sessions, and uh, he had the pacemaker put in, and he had to have the battery replaced. So one of my medical doctors, who's a really good client, he said, get me his cardiac output and his ejection fraction number, and I'll tell you how much of his heart is still dead. And so I gave him the numbers. He looked at him. He looked at me. He looked at them, and he said, these are his numbers? I said, yes. He said, this is a perfectly normal functioning heart. There's nothing dead. And so we really tried to get the records released. We had a stack of paperwork that we never found the old numbers. So who knows? But um, I think it's really interesting that it appears that possibly mm-hmm. it could have regenerated. Tissue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
We know and our organs can regenerate. And which instruments work for heart? So for our home users. I would say piano is great, mm -hmm. harp is great. Think about the heart strings, mm -hmm. guitar, mm -hmm. um, cello, violin, the mm -hmm. heart strings. Mm -hmm. And then green light. And I, I love green light and I love pink light for the heart. Um, because it seems that the back of our chakra system has different colors than the front of our of our chakra system. Mm -hmm. So uh, Cindy Dale has yes. a lot of work on that. Yeah. I just interviewed her Did not you really? long ago. Yeah. She's great. And so pink for the back of the heart chakra, uh -huh. green for green the front. For the front. Mm -hmm. So I use a lot of piano. If you think about it, the autonomic nervous system is connected to all the organs in our body. Yes. So piano will work um, for the organs. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What about addictions? So addictions are interesting. You know Annie Williams. Yes, I do. And Annie Williams is Such awesome. a small world. Yeah, I know, I've known right? her from Sedona for almost 20 years. Yeah. Right? And so I took her class on voice analysis. Yes. And very often addictions can be heavy metals, so drumming, but it can be missing a tone mm -hmm. in your voice. So she teaches people how to listen to a voice like Sherry Edwards, who has a gift of doing it. I do it with a digital tuner and a microphone, and I can see what tones you're missing. And I'm often finding that with addictions, they're missing the tone of G or the tone of B. And you can replenish those tones with Ani's music or toning music and mm -hmm. bring that back into balance. Color? Color? I would think well, that might be all over the I map because there's so be, many yeah, different yeah. addictions. Okay, what about weight issues, which you almost always has yeah. some kind of subliminal, subconscious, emotional issues with mm -hmm. it? With weight issues, I find drumming. Um, you have to, to penetrate the density of all these organs, um, drumming or low vibrational instruments, a tuba or a bassoon or a deep bass would be a great... Do you have any Indian, like tabla? Like Native American? Yeah, yeah. It, it really deep drums. Yeah. Oh, I love Absolutely. those. Absolutely, rhythmic drumming, oh, too. I love it, yeah. Um, but what I've found is there's a correlation to people who are not able to lose weight in a fatty liver. Okay. So we're actually seeing people with um, cirrhosis of the liver who's never, who never had a drink. And it's also kind of an people, epidemic. Yes. Um, I interviewed Dr. Donnie Warden. And yes. she's working with that and also homeopathics yes. and sound. And they're having great success right. because it's people who, who are not necessarily overweight, who don't drink even, that are finding they're having cirrhosis of the liver. Right. And is that in our environment, maybe? I don't know. Something's yeah, what's going, going on. on? Um, but because then the keto diet, and I don't want to criticize any diet. Yeah. I don't believe in diets. I believe in lifestyles. Yeah. I like the Mediterranean diet. But mm -hmm. the keto diet, when people are eating all the animal proteins, I think they're all fats. So we've created a fatty, even avocados are even as good of a fat as they are, can still contribute to the fatty liver if your liver is fatty. Mm -hmm. So I've actually helped people with flute music to work on the liver, mm -hmm. drumming music for weight loss. Mm -hmm. And we actually have a sound selection with drumming and flute in Native American. It's so nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Okay. So that kind of gets us through the primer for anyone who wants to do a little home application of color and sound therapy. Right. I really appreciate your doing that for Anytime. us. Anytime. Um, and I wanted to talk about the subject of music in general because I like looking sometimes at the metaposition on it. And when and Zeus and I talk about this a lot about um, eras of music that there were just on a soul level drawn to, and what the uh, effects are on us emotionally or mentally and so forth. And we're living in a time where there is no 
overtone, shall we say, in the Western world. Right. There isn't anything consistent. Mm-hmm. It's kind of whatever goes. It doesn't matter. It's whatever goes in every area of life, and it doesn't fashion, music, culture, uh, all of it, you know, uh, entertainment. So we're in an anything goes time right now, but I want to take the time leading up to it, even starting with the 20s and 30s. So let's talk about the effects of music on culture in that day. And we're speaking specifically about the West Mm -hmm. because Eastern tones are very, very different and have their own effects, sometimes in a higher, more sophisticated level even. But in the West, we're not familiar with them. So we're going with Western music. Right. And I think the Western music corrupted the Eastern people in probably the 1600s from what I've been reading, mm-hmm. um, because way back when, the Eastern people, the emperors would go out into the towns and listen to the tones, and if they weren't the cosmic vibrations or tones, they would send musicians in to retone. Mm-hmm. And I, I have been reading that once the Western musicians went over to the East, it Because trashed. they had a more sophisticated exactly. scale than what we have. Exactly. Yeah. So let's, so the let's 20s just start and, back 100 so I, years ago. Right, right, right. So I say that 20s and 30s and 40s music, this is just my opinion, it seemed to have its own special genre. Yeah. Then it was 50s and 60s, and that's where I resonate with. Mm-hmm. And then 70s seemed to have its own special piece. And then 80s, it seems like that's when we started to get more vulgar and... Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to say less loving, less mm-hmm. peace. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that has maybe molded society. Mm-hmm. To be more careless. Yeah. And you see it also. Um, my sister and I were talking this morning, kind of joking about the shows that we were raised on. <laughs> like right. Things like Father Knows Best and Leave It to Beaver and uh, the Andy Griffith show where you had, you know, the strong you know, patriarchal male, and there was always a good lesson between he and his son, never the daughter, you know, just he and his son, whether it's Opie or whomever. There's a good life lesson and some good ethics and morals to be taken away from each week's program. And the wife would, you know, serve cookies with her pearls on. And, uh, or if it was I Love Lucy, um, she was the she was the nutty one who Ricky Ricardo would always have to save. Oh, Ricky, right? Right, right. And so, I mean, it, we came from we came. My generation came from that as our influence, but at the same time, it came from an influence of really sweet love songs. Right. You know. Right. The worst thing was a broken heart, or maybe someone died. Right. You know, and you you miss them so terribly. And so it was all about, really, it was almost all about love, mm-hmm. the 50s and 60s. Music tilt started going a little more once the Rolling Stones and such came along and it, drugs were introduced and Jim right. Morrison and all that started going other directions. But then after that, it seems like a lot of the music started developing more m- minor keys rather than majors. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the music of the 50s and 60s, even the 20s and 30s, was based on major keys, right. big band era and so forth. Yeah. So... You start, and then you know it's always interesting, like life, to float between majors and minors. But when you're getting kind of really contrasty, disharmonic, lots of minor keys, mm-hmm. that's doing something to our brains. It's doing something to our hearts, yeah. our emotional behavior. And so, I mean, I th- I think it's very important what you expose you- yourself mm-hmm. to in terms of music. Yeah. Well, Mick Jagger, I just read a piece where he said that 
they know as musicians what tones to play to cause um, a riot. Oh, yeah. And they don't care. They said they do yeah. it on purpose. Yeah. And apparently there was some deaths at a, in a riot, one of the concerts, and they got called into court and didn't show up. And it would have, it was a, a situation where he would have been able to identify the murderers of some of the people who died. Interesting. And, and then some other, some kids were putting soft eggs, so I don't know if they were raw or soft boiled, on the stages. And in, by the middle of the concert, they were hard boiled. Mm -hmm. What is that doing to our brains? Mm -hmm. What would that be doing to our organs? Just mm -hmm. like you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're using frequencies irresponsibly. Mm -hmm. And that leads us to the this part of the conversation, the takeaway part here, of using frequencies irresponsibly, even beautiful frequencies. Now, a lot of people watching this, I've done it in the past. You're so excited about new things. You want to try everything. Right. And so you'll be doing three or four different things at one time. And you say, gosh, it's not working. Okay, so let's talk about oh being overly <clears throat> eager to involve ourselves in energy healing mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. So over the 10 years that I've been doing this now, I have seen a lot and I have done a lot and I have really messed myself up. So um, one of the messages that I would like to talk to people about is too much energy work can poison you. Too much of a good thing is never great. Can be a bad thing. Right, right. So I... I tell people after the harmonic egg sessions, five to seven days, do not receive other energy work. 60% of my clients are healers, so therefore they are going to be giving. And so I say it's receiving the energy work. And so to have them receive other energy work, you're just arm wrestling with the energies that you just utilized in the harmonic egg. And if somebody were to call the center and say, I just did acupuncture yesterday, I said, well, ask your acupuncturist how many days to let that integrate before you do this. Because A, you're wasting your money, and B, why would you want to just pile on one thing on top of another? So it's an analogy, too, of the lower vibrational. Um, we went to, my sister and I went to a medium on Friday night. And in her paperwork, she says, I don't eat two hours before a reading because I want to be able to tap into the spirits and not be digesting my food. Mm -hmm. And she said the day of readings, she will eat light, not a lot of low vibrational foods like a heavy cheeseburger or fettuccine Alfredo. And yet these healers have to eat. Mm -hmm. So how do they find that balance so that they're able to work with their clients and work with the energies mm -hmm. and and keep them keep them on a high vibration to help the clients right so that's the other thing with my, with the harmonic egg um you don't want me working on you right right <laughs> right i can't you know, be neutral true. i mean this is the thing when you have humans working on you we're we're on one hand part of what this time in history is about is for us to understand our innate capabilities our innate um, powerful energies are right. innate, powerful minds, and reclaim ourselves so that we can have power in our own lives. Right, right. And so we never to set aside the human potential and the human gift of healing one another. I love But that. we're all in the various stages of development, and we all have our stuff. Right. And so I, I want people to digest this energy work before doing other energy work because they just keep piling stuff into their energy field. And, and unlike 
you eat a hamburger and you feel stuffed and your, your stomach is full, you don't realize when your energy field is full mm -hmm. and you're just piling more stuff onto it. Right. And so the woman I spoke about earlier with the cancer and the tumors, uh, she was doing great. I didn't see her for about a year. And when she came back to me, she uh, walked in the door and I couldn't see her face. There was a black haze around her face. Energetically, yeah. Right. And I thought, oh my gosh, I rubbed my eyes and thought maybe it was a migraine coming on because I would lose my vision. And it wasn't. She was almost wasting away. So I asked her what she had been doing, and she said, well, I flew to Germany, and I did this, and I flew to Mexico, and I did this, and I went to Oregon, and I went to Kansas, and I went, <clears> and <throat> she piled so many things on to try to prevent, keep the, the cancer from coming back, because these people sometimes get desperate and in fear, and so in that fear, they do too much. And so I feel like she spun her energy out of control, and so I didn't know what to say to her, and she said, go ask the medical intuitive what, like what he sees. And I, I, left the, my, um, I left her in the room alone. I, ca I made a call. I came back, and what I was told was that probably she'd be gone in about two weeks. And so she said, what did he say? And I said, he said, probably don't take that trip to Mexico. Like, go see your grandkids. Just take a break from the healing. And she said, oh, okay. I couldn't tell her what he said. That's that's really sad, and I mean, of course, you can't tell a person that. What? And I assume she did pass away. She did in twelve days. Yeah. And you know, if you think about it, it would be no different than drug contraindications, mm -hmm. where these drugs are working. We know it from a material point of view. If you have all these pills working against each other, I think Doctor Care is what the third highest. Um, cause of patient death yes. in the United States, is, and that has to do with usually the drugs they're prescribing. Right. Not always, but sometimes, mm -hmm. a good amount of the time. So if we're looking at it in energetic terms, it makes total sense, because if we look at the human body, there's no there there, there's nothing there. We're nothing but frequencies. There's, there's literally almost no material to anything in here that we see, mm -hmm. you know, on an atomic level. It's like looking at, it's like looking at the planet's rotating around the sun, what, that's what we're made up of. It's all space. Yeah. And I was talking in another interview with Billy Carson about this. We can program it however we wish, but it really drives home for me, and I, I really understand this. If it's all space, and the space is nothing but frequency, light, and information, why would you not try to assist in the balancing of it with frequency, light, and sound, vibration. <laughs> right, right. It's the most direct thing. To take a pill in material form to be able to induce some of those effects in a very inefficient way is the least efficient way to go about balancing out um, imbalances in the body, mm -hmm. chronic disease, for example. Right, and all of our bodies are different. So how can we say that um, five different meds are going to act a certain way Every single person is different. And it's the same thing so, with energy healing. Right. I mean, you can have a masseuse who's having a bad day really mess you up. Yeah. You know, and fortunately, I mean, I've had that happen a couple of times. <laughs> but I, you just don't go back. But, <laughs> you know, in, and it's true even with your technology. If you're using this technology mm -hmm. overlaid with maybe someone else is like on a spectrum of, you know, or a full um, protocol mm -hmm. of, say, Rifebox technologies. Right. And it's running all that energy in and having right. yours coming in sideways. Yeah. So I think it's a very important point you make. Well, we, it doesn't help to be junkies for this stuff. Right. 
And even my technology could hurt somebody if you're playing the music inside the egg over, say, 90 decibels, then right. you're going to throw someone into fight or flight. And that's not the purpose of it is to right. it's for relaxation. It's for de-stressing. It's not for stressing you out. So all the centers are trained very specifically not to use high sounds, even if the client says, crank me up. No. And so I really like when um, I meet a healer who says, comes into my office and says, I have to take the day off today because my energy is really bad. I need a right. session. I should, and no I one say, should be exposed thank to you. Me. Yes, Thank exactly. you so much. Yeah. And I honor them and I will squeeze them in. I'll even stay after hours to squeeze them in mm -hmm. because it is their livelihood and they're amazing people and they all have this great intention for mm -hmm. healing and some of them are just amazing Yeah, and I love their energy, but I love it when they have that integrity to say, I just don't feel good today right? and I can't work on somebody. So really, I mean, in the end, one of the, one of the beauties of having technology interface and, and not to supplant human interface no, no. because I love human, nothing is like the hands. Oh, I love my uh, massages. <laughs> me too. Um, so, and also the human intuition and so forth. But one of the things about using technology is that it's, it's clean, it's repeatable, mm -hmm. right? And it doesn't have any influence beyond just those frequencies. Right. And that's why I chose wood. You know, everything I've read about wood, it doesn't hold energy or information. There are no crystals in there um, because I believe that they hold information and energy. Oh, yeah, they'll amplify, right, absolutely. Right. So, um, absolutely, and it's a consistent and repeatable device. Mm -hmm. If I get cut off in traffic or if I, my parents passed away back-to-back -back in 2017, you didn't want me working on you then. Right. See, we're going to pick up all that sadness and all my grief and right. all my anger. And so I was still able to work by putting people into the harmonic egg. Right, right. Any final thoughts at all? Um, I, I, mean, I, I think we've covered quite a bit, and I think it is important for people to be able to have power over it at home. Think about what we're exposing ourselves to in terms of light bulbs, even those mm -hmm. horrible CFLs. Hopefully no one has those left with that mercury right. and that horrible color. But even down to our lighting in our home, the music we listen to before we fall asleep at night, these are all really important things to become consciously aware of. Right. Yeah, and so the next step is, you know, people can take it further if they wish to have a kind of a space age experience, which I love, I'm, I'm on board. So any final comments before we sign off? Well, I so appreciate you having me here today, and I'm hoping that we provided some good information for people because we can also say that the colors that you wear matter, the foods that you eat um, all matter. So if yes. you're attracted to a certain color, say mm -hmm. yellow, you could wear yellows in your jewelry, your clothing, um, eating, and then also putting yourself under that light. So if you're attracted to something, it might be that it's really what you need. Absolutely. I couldn't agree, agree more and bathe in it. And I mean, uh, in our technological society, we tend to wear a lot of neutrals and a lot of black and so forth. But there are other ways, even if we think it's fashionable and looks great on us, there are other ways to infuse that color into our lives, in our environment around us. And even in something as simple as a candle or dishware or, or whatever, you can get it in there. Accessorize, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> I love it. Gail, thank you so much for your time. I love what you're doing. Literally, I just love it. Thank you. And uh, I hope to see you again here. Thank you. Thanks. We can see where our future is headed in the realm of healing, light, frequency, sound, and vibrations. The effect of sound healing has been studied far and wide already, and I love that it's non-invasive, aesthetic, and beautiful. To learn more, you can go to HarmonicEgg.com. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on Open Minds. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Gaia's Consciousness Podcast. Learn even more at Gaia.com and watch interviews, movies, and original series, all to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Gaia. Watch. Belong. Transform. Transform.